0: You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Lanker, and I'm here to help you connect the dots. As a pastor and professor for the last 30 years, I want to help you not only understand the Christian faith, but to make it a transformative part of your everyday experience. In our last lesson we talked about how important it is that we know what the gospel is for ourselves and the problem is is that most of us have heard the terms we just don't understand the definitions and so we need to start where all christian faith starts with scripture and so we're going to walk through just a little bit of what we can discern and understand about salvation We're going to do it from both the Old Testament and the New Testament and try to bring a few things together in this particular lesson. When we look back through the uh, Old Testament and we see the word salvation, it is most often in the context of deliverance or freedom. It also is translated regularly as redemption. By and large, the greatest uh, Hebrew word that's used is the word Yeshua. It's the word that we get Jesus from, But it also means specifically salvation. And in uh, Exodus 14, in the middle of this whole exodus, this deliverance from bondage, freedom from slavery, redemption from being lost from the land that had been given to their forefathers, We go ahead and we see in chapter 14, verse 13. But Moses said to the people, Do not fear, stand by and see the salvation, the Yeshua of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent or be still. That concept of salvation being primarily from God alone is essential to the whole Old Testament understanding of salvation. It's it's that it's God's work, primarily and firstly. He's the one who sets his people free. And in the Old Testament, the writers regularly refer to salvation as this very physical experience. Most of us, when we think of salvation, we think of it as this spiritual thing, that, that I, my soul, has been saved. But to the Jews of the Old Testament time, they saw it as as much more physical than spiritual and more social than individual. God was saving his people, not just a person. Now, although God is the one who's at work and he brings his people to himself, as he's going to say just a few chapters later in Exodus chapter 19, that he has brought his people to him. Now he's going to go ahead and in Exodus chapter 20, we're going to run into the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments are essentially the people's way to maintain that relationship, to maintain those boundaries so that they don't step back into slavery. They don't step back into brokenness. And so it helps to kind of protect them and keep them safe in this journey with God And for his kingdom purposes that he's brought them to himself to be his nation set apart from all of the rest. Now, that concept of salvation that we find in the Old Testament has a little bit of a shift when we get to the New Testament. Now, when I, when I say it makes a shift, it doesn't mean that it's completely different. It just has different kind of emphases, different kind of uh, d- angles to it that are highlighted by the t- particular words and the culture in which this term is used. When it's used in the New Testament, it's the Greek word soteria. And it usually is used throughout kind of just regular Greek writing to talk about doctors and and the healing that they do. And so it's used in the New Testament writings as a way to bring a much more medical, holistic healing feel to salvation. And and it often is translated uh, as wholeness or soundness or health. When we turn to Mark chapter 2, and we find the the man who's let down through the roof by his friends it It talks about not only are his sins forgiven, but his he's able to take up his bed and walk again. The New Testament seems to work from the inside out and in that what God's work at the, at the depths of the human heart accomplishes, it moves its way out into our lives, literally, to where people can see, to where they can talk, and also works its way out into their relationships and the world around them. This soteria, this salvation, is going to save, it's going to heal absolutely everything, And so what biblical salvation shows us is it shows us that it is both physical and spiritual. Most of us growing up inside the Christian church, we see it as almost only primarily spiritual. But it's also about being healed physically. In Isaiah chapter 61, uh, Jesus is going to have this prophecy that that he's going to apply to himself in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, when he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. Right? We're talking about the gospel. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of our Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting, so they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Not only is it spiritual, it's physical. And then the other thing that we see is that it's not only God's work, it's ours. The the whole book of Leviticus makes this point, is is that God's people who have been saved and redeemed by his miraculous work then get to work out their salvation. And by that working out, it's, it's literally maintaining, living in, working from that salvation that has already been accomplished for them. Paul's going to make almost the exact same point in Philippians chapter 2 when he says those really famous words in verse 12. Now, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who's at work where? Within you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So God's work has begun within, and now it's going to work itself out. It's a both and in this process. And if we miss that aspect of salvation, we're gonna miss the gospel. We're gonna make it. God has to do all this stuff. Or man, I better put my life together and make things right. No, it's just both in, and, and we're gonna to need to wrestle with that a little bit deeper. The last thing that I want to highlight is that biblical salvation is not only from something; it is also to something. Most regularly inside the Christian church, we talked about we talk about being set free from sin, from guilt from estrangement from God, from others, from bondage to sin, from demonic oppression, from death, from hell. And those are all incredible things that God has done in his saving and in his deliverance of us and also his healing of us. But not only is it from, it is to. We are, through God's salvation, reconnected to life we now have peace with God, access to God. We now have entrance into hope, to love, to joy. We're empowered by His grace. We, we have a freedom to be the people He's called us to be, and we've been brought to eternal life. And when we miss those aspects, we miss the fullness of what God has to offer us in biblical salvation. There's a whole lot more. It's, it's, it's incredibly comprehensive. And that's where we'll turn next in our discussion of salvation. So, can you be saved, have eternal life in heaven, enter the kingdom of God, and not be a disciple? If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you'd like more information, please visit us at drjasonlanker.com. That's l a n k e r. May you go in the grace of God and may you not just understand the Christian faith, but live it more fully this week.